Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We are back at it with another episode of Zone Time. The rotating cast uh, continues with our show. Some new panelists are on this week. Rehef Issa is back. Good to see you, Rehef. Of course, uh, Omar is back as well. Uh, you know him from In the Mentions. And the Kyrie Irving of Food Takes, Avery <laughs> Lewis McDougal, is also here <laughs> with us. <Thank> you. <laughs> well, now he's gone uh, because it seems as if I've upset him. Uh, but yeah, Zone Time is back. Uh, with our second episode of a full 82 game season, I've missed you, Avery, and I've missed you, Rahef. Avery, I'm I'm sorry if I upset you. Uh, you're also How dare you, mic. Julian? No, 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 no! Don't put this on me. You're the dude who doesn't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. Hey, for the record, I know the Earth is round, so call me Kyrie is nuts. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches either. So, Avery, I'm on your side here. Thank you, Rahef. How? Uh, yeah, I mean, peanut butter, I, I can kind of take it or leave it. So, I, yeah. I mean, what? Okay, like, I mean, I'm not saying you have to love PPJ sandwiches, but, like, what? I've never seen this many people dislike PPJ. <laughs> but here's Holy the thing, man. Like, sometimes the love for peanut butter just goes crazy. Like, I know someone who puts, like, five inches of peanut butter on their toast in the morning. Like, it's so much so that you can literally see it just, like, fall off the toast. Like, that's a little, it, little aggressive. Is it smooth or is it crunchy? Oh, there's a difference? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. (laughs) Okay. Clearly, this is zone time and not the peanut butter and jelly podcast. (laughs) I have to talk to you guys at the end of this recording here. Uh, But uh, with all that consternation with food, we have to get into some of these NHL topics here. Uh, We'll get into some, I guess, our own variation of bold predictions. And we have some rapid fire questions we'll throw out as well. But... As of this recording, and I can't wait for us to make jokes if somehow this changes by the time this episode comes up. But as of right now, Brady Kachuk is still had not has not signed uh, with the Ottawa Senators. He's the uh, lone RFA left standing from this summer, which saw a whole bunch of RFAs uh, go through their negotiations and eventually get signed. Uh, if you're an Ottawa Senators fan, which none of us are here, I, I wonder like what the level of like frustration is right now as fans and omar's already given the thumbs down so omar i'll I'll let you start off here how how are you feeling if you just put yourself in the shoes of an ottawa senators fan for like five minutes like how are you feeling about this um confused honestly i mean i've been making the joke the whole the whole offseason like 
everyone looks at cap friendly, right? Everyone lo- tries to understand their team's cap situation. And every single time you go to the cap friendly homepage, you see the auto senators at the bottom of the list because they have the most cap space for the majority mm-hmm. of the off season. They were below the floor. So it's just like, how have we gotten to this point where the regular season is starting really soon and he hasn't been signed yet. So is it, I don't know, is it managing being cheap? Are they kind of being, are they kind of going overboard? Is it maybe, is it, is it Kachuk's camp? So there's just a lot of things that are kind of going, going on. And I think the funny thing is, is that with all the, with each new deal that we see being signed, I think it's really making things even more complicated uh, for a new deal. Like I was starting to think that, cause you know, the Kachuk wants to start sign short-term, whereas the Sens want him to sign long-term. They want him to be captain or some type of leadership figure. So I was thinking, mm-hmm. okay, maybe he might get a deal similar to what his brother got with Calgary, like three years at seven. But now if I'm looking at like what Suzuki got, you know, eight years at, what was it? 7.85. 7. I don't know. If, I don't know. If I, I believe. Yeah. I don't know if I do that for, I don't know if I pay Brady Kachuk three years at seven when, Nick Suzuki signed long term at you know that number just like in like a little a little less than a million more than that. So is that a fair comparable between those two players? No. I know a lot of people like to say like you know you look at different position players, but it, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a fair assessment between those two players. No, not at all, not at all. Both as, as far as position and, and definitely as far as skill set as well. I don't think I don't think Brady Kachuk has it in him to be like a thirty a thirty thirty five goal scorer. He's definitely like you know a power forward kind of makes everyone else around him better. But Suzuki is just is is in a different level as him. So to see Suzuki get that deal, and then you say you go back to the Sens, it's like okay, well, what's Brady going to get now, and is this going to continue or is this going to end soon? Mm-hmm. And I think it's like really clear that Brady Kachuk does not want to sign a long term deal because correct me if I'm wrong, but was he not offered an eight year, sixty four million dollar deal by the Sens? Eight years so- was definitely thrown out. Yes. Yeah. yeah so if he's offered eight by eight and he's turning that down it really seems like he wants to capitalize on a three-year deal you know and maybe the salary cap increases in three years you know right now it's it's flat and nothing's changing there and then he can you know cash in for more so that seems really clearly what Brady Kachuk wants it's just obviously not what the senators want to offer him at this point no, I'm really surprised that there's no offer sheet for him. Like, how did no one offer sheet break a check? How did no one? Like, we saw what happened with Carolina Montreal. How did no team go in there and say, you know what? Screw it. Four first-round picks? Get over here, kid. Like, how did yeah, no one but, offer sheet him? I mean, I was about to say, like, yeah, but you're giving up that's four first-round picks for Brady Kachuk. But then again, we just saw a team give up two first-round picks for your spare with And now yeah, they're on the hook and- for, like, $6.1 million in the 15 at the end. And they're also beefing with each other hard. Like the Habs in Carolina, they're going back and back. It's so funny to see. Like they're literally taking any opportunity to, to to dig into each other a little bit. So you really are seeing that rivalry going via an offer sheet. But I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think, I don't know. Like Brady Kachuk probably makes any team better, right? So like I can understand yeah. the rationale of wanting to offer sheet and maybe put him, put him on the, on the team. I, I really do wonder if, if the Jack Eichel situation was a little more clear I wonder if a deal would would have made sense there. Uh, I don't know. Like I don't know. That, that, there's that, that might be that might be a little mixed. But like, just in the sense of just moving pieces around, just because like, do you really want to? Can like Dorian said last year, the rebuild is over. Okay, cool. And now the team is losing. Like Colin White's gone for four to six months. 
Like yeah. they're they have all these players like they're they're kind of on the sidelines now. And if you want to be competitive, yeah, sure, you could try to be competitive, but you're not doing that without Brady Kachuk. Like especially against considering how much he's being talked about. So I don't know. I think at some point he's got to give in to what the player wants, don't you? Yeah, of course. I w- I would imagine, right? Like I-, I think the Ottawa Senators they've they've tried to make it a whole thing about punching above their weight class. That's why they were able to take some skin off some teams at the you know core part of last season. But they can't do that without Brady Kachuk. And I think if the center, I think if I'm a Senators fan right now, I'm anxious. If it starts if it starts getting to like William Nylander levels, that's like DEFCON five as far as I'm concerned. Like going well into the first quarter of the season, and your star player still isn't in uniform yet. Like that's that's concerning to me. I would imagine at this point maybe Brady Kachuk just wants to ensure he gets some UFA years, and then maybe he controls his destiny after that. But of course, if you're the Ottawa Senators, considering what he means to you. Uh, yeah, you lock that guy up as long as you can. But uh, yeah, a lot of people also mentioning how the uh, the Kachuk family seemingly getting involved in all this, Keith and, and Matthew as well. Like, I, I don't know. The more I kind of read into this, the more I get the sentiment that like maybe Brady ultimately, whether it's him or whether it's his family speaking in his ear, there's something going on that makes me want to think that he might find a way to just stick in Ottawa for the next few years and then maybe him and Matthew like team up or something. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm BSing here. I don't know, but like I don't get the sense that I, I don't know. There's there's something off about these negotiations. Well, you definitely have like two players in before both. Obviously, Keith Kachuk is at a long NHL career, and and Matthew just went through it, who had been in this situation before. So they're probably telling him like, hey, they need you. So you you made your stance, you made you told them what you want. Now you just sit back and wait because it's true. Like they do need him, right? And and the thing about the, I guess, the culture of the team is, if I'm someone else on 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 the Ottawa Senators, especially like an up and coming star, and I'm watching how this is going with Brady, I'm thinking, okay, well, in a couple of years, I'm going to need my deal, and I'm not going to, you know, take you know, take anything less than I'm what I'm deserving. So maybe I might do the same thing. So, ah, it, it kind of, I I would love to see what the thought process of of UG Melnick and Pierre Dorian and I guess Pierre Maguire now what what they're thinking about right now is whether they are <laughs> whether they're comfortable of of sitting and waiting till December or do they just say like you know what this isn't working trade you somewhere else that would be that would be fascinating I would love to see that not from just from the sense of just you know the rivalry thing but like it'd actually be very fascinating to see a team kind of pull pull a loop because it's a very Lou Lamorello thing where it's like, this is the law, this is what we're giving you, you don't want it, okay, you're gone. Wow. Goodbye. But, yeah, literally just peace, deuces. Yeah, that would, that would send a message for sure to the other like young players on the team who don't have contracts yet. It kind of almost does remind me of the whole William Melander, um, William Melander situation for the Leafs. It's kind of like this one sends a message almost to the rest of the unsigned Ottawa Senators uh, young players. But it is it is crazy to me, though, because at the same time, the way that it's different is that Brady Kachuk is, is, you know, that he's the best forward on that team. Like he's the best player up front for them. So that's what makes it different for me. Like, and he knows that it's clear that Brady Kachuk knows that. And that may be again, where Matthew Kachuk and, you know, the Kachuk family may be getting involved a little bit there telling them like you, you are worth this. You're the best player on this team. What is Ottawa without you? Avery, do you want to add anything before we move on? I wanted to mention, you know, the young players, it's too bad because if I was a Tim Stutzel, I would have said, you know what, hey, I would have sat back and said, you know what, my time, time to get paid. But now if the, if the Senators do go that way and say, listen, kids, 
look at look at Brady. He got shipped out. It would suck if he it would suck to see him not get paid out because he deserves his money because mm-hmm. he has to, he's a guy who is going to be one of the next key cogs for the Sens. So to see him playing for you know four cents an hour would suck for him as well. <laughs> four cents an hour. I mean, it is I Ottawa. I, it is the Senators. I, I mean, yes, but like, and I know the NHL players compared to other teams, you know, other leagues, they don't get paid as much for four cents on the dollar. Like, I I'm mean, exaggerating, but we know the sense. We know, I know you are in the past playing. near yeah. 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And like Brady Kachuk definitely, like, every team has that player where it's just like, uh, okay, here's a blank check, right? Right. Whatever you want. And it feels like Brady Kachuk should be that for Ottawa. So it's really exactly. interesting to see them, like, really? Th- yeah, man. Like, like this is the player. He's a really good is. player, but like, I don't know if he's like right whatever check that you want. They people are nitpicking at what Nick Suzuki's getting in Montreal. I, some people might not even feel that way. Brady Kachuk deserves that. I don't know I, about that. I mean, for Ottawa, man, because they're talking about him being the captain, dude. Like, he's mm, that. He's yeah. that important to the organization. So I yeah, think I like. Think it, I don't think it's from the sense of like his playing ability, like skill wise. No, I don't think so. I think. I think um, maybe trying to get a long-term deal and hopefully out, he outplays that contract later on makes the most sense. But as far as the as far as the importance of the organization and where the fans are right now, the fans are pissed. They're like the season's starting in a couple of days. Where the hell is Brady? Right. So it's like at at some point it's got to like just just take the take the L, take the loss. Just give Pierre yeah. Dorian a coffee, let him whip it at the wall again, sign him, <laughs> he'll deal with it later on. You have him for two years and then try to ne- renegotiate later later on. Right. And I, I mean, they a, don't want yeah, another Mark Stone situation, right? Yeah. Which is, this is something they have to try to avoid because, you know, sooner or later, if he's not getting his way, Brady Kachuk will just say bye. Yeah. So... No one wants to be the Columbus, man. Columbus, how many stars did Columbus have to get rid of? Or who didn't want to stay, or or either they walked away in free agency, or they requested a trade. No one wants to be that, and you don't want to. You don't want to set that precedence up, especially if you're a young and up and coming team, right? Like because, like, how many years does Connor Brown have left on? I know he just, I know he just signed an extension not too long ago, but like Connor Brown, that might be a player you might want to want to bring back, and he's gonna want to get more considering his his importance. So you just don't want to have that precedence. I guess you don't really want to have that energy that. You know, we're willing to, to, you know, regardless of who you are, we're willing to dig, dig, dig deep and, and dig deep and make sure you can't ask for whatever you want. And the Sens just haven't done enough as a, as an organization in the last like 10 years to warrant players doing that. Now, again, that's very hypocritical considering what happened in Toronto, but that's a different. different you know, it's crazy. It's like 20 years, almost to the day of Alexi Yashin missing a whole year due to what? A contract dispute in Ottawa. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, jeez. My whole thing is just like, like Brady Kachuk, I think you're right. And the fact right now he's the team's best player, but you also brought the fact he, he as a power forward, guys of that ilk, because of the style of play, you know, you're not going to necessarily get a guy who's getting 20 goals every single year out of that player. The wear and tear is eventually going to wear down a guy like that. If we were talking about a guy like Tim Stutzla or a guy with way more skill who could be this team's franchise player for 15, 20 years, or maybe not 20 years, but 15 years. Like, yes, I understand the whole blank check thing. I think you just have to be a little bit careful about who you throw out the blank check to. Brady Kachuk is a top player in the National Hockey League. He is a top player for the Ottawa Senators. And I know we're just kind of throwing that out there. I'm, I'm sure you, I mean, we're talking about Eugene Meldick and the Ottawa Senators here. There's no blank check for anybody, but like we, yeah. we got to be careful about some of the players who end up getting that moniker. Cause I mean, I, I, what there's like, what, how many people in the national hockey league 
can you really think of? And I understand that players, certain players mean a lot more to certain markets, but how many players in the National Hockey League can you think of are warranted enough where you a general manager, a general manager could step to them and be like, you know what, here's a blank check, take whatever you want. Connor, Sydney, McKinnon, Andre Vasilevsky, McKinnon, Matthews, Kucherov. Sure. I think Barkov did that. Is that with Barkov? He's his next deal. He's getting double digits, man. Is is Brady Kachuk really in that echelon yet? I don't know. He means a lot to the Ottawa Senators, but I don't know if they necessarily need to mm. bow down to every whim just to get him to stay. That's that's just mm. how I see it. Heck of a player. I mean, but his but his playing style, obviously, if he was a more skilled player, if he was a guy you can count on to score 80, 90 points every year, yes, you, you think of, all right, you give him everything that you can. But at the end of the yeah. day, I think you also have to think about what you're able to afford and and what his style of play is for this team. They should still lock him up for quite some time, but I don't know if they necessarily need to. We don't need to get to a point where we're getting like eight, eight and eight and eight and nine and eight and ten. Like, oh, I, it, no. 10 imagine no you imagine they got that, 10 would, that, would, that would destroy oh that would destroy God. the contract market that would destroy it any I mean, player would be like yo brady got 10 yo 12 let's go man imagine mckinnon mckinnon would be like yo 15 take it or leave it that's it <laughs> like oh, like that would destroy the contract market but yeah i guess I, I see what you're saying but i don't know like i just i would just be so so annoyed if i was if i was a a, a sense fan just again because i would go to the cap friendly See how much cast space there is, and be like, "Where the hell is Brady?" So, but who knows? Uh, I'll just end off with uh, this Pierre Dorian story that I have. I don't know; it's a small one. It's 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 just funny to me. I was at the Canadians preseason game over the weekend. I got into an elevator with a bunch of journalists, and they're all packing up this elevator. And this attendant in the elevator is all like, uh, "There's one person who's trying to get into the elevator," and the attendant's like, "Oh, hey, sorry. Uh, there's way too many people in the elevator. You're gonna have to wait." I looked up and it was Pierre Dorian. <laughs> <laughs> and he made some comment about like, this is what happens when you media, whatever. And the, oh, the doors closed God. and everyone laughed, but oh. it, it's fun. It's fun spirited. Nothing bad happened. So yeah. Pierre Dorian gets a mention on Did Pierre uh, Maguire get in first. Did Pierre Maguire get in first. He's like, stand aside, kid. I'm going, I'm getting in. <laughs> Stand and take the stairs. <laughs> I can't wait until one day I meet Pierre Maguire in the flesh and I just want to just ask him about the most random player and have oh, yeah. him just tell me his life story. Get him on like, his own time. Me, Yo, Imagine. how would y'all? F- I mean, I don't know if you'll want to hear the one episode where we addressed him, but like, <laughs> I, I don't think we said anything that bad about Pierre Maguire anyway. We but didn't like, say anything if, bad. We just said like, oh, bad. said that? Okay. That's not good. Yeah. That's, like, well, that's what we did. I, I don't yeah. know about you, but I think Pierre Maguire on zone time I would be thoroughly enthused at Pierre Maguire hanging out with a bunch of young people on September. I think that'd be a fun episode to watch. Anyway, uh, the next segment we want to do here, it's kind of a variation on bold predictions. Everyone likes to do bold predictions, whether it's the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast or or so many other shows across hockey. We're going to do something slightly different. It doesn't have to be, you know, a specific take where it's like this guy's gonna get 80 90 points it could even just be a feeling and it just it just has to be the hill that you'll die on that's the name of the segment this is the hill i'll i'll die on if i can learn how to speak english maybe i can say the title correctly this is the hill i'll die on uh everyone just give me a thought a feeling it could be a take if you want but we're not calling it a bold prediction i'll start i'll get everyone going here Mm -hmm. 
I am a firm believer in a team in the Atlantic division this year to win a playoff round. Like I, this team has not won a round in so long. There is so much pressure surrounding this team. Rehef Omar, you know exactly what I'm talking about with the pressure of a team not being able to get out of the first round of the playoffs. They need this. And I think so. I, I'm so confident in this team. They're going to win the Atlantic division. They will be better than so many other teams in that division. They have a good coach. They have a good core and they have good goaltending as well. You know who I'm talking about, right? Are you the Florida gonna... Panthers? Oh <laughs> <laughs> and... You know what? You know what? I knew and now Omar is left. There's no way I was gonna use I was no like, way. I was like, is he like is like is he doing the bait and switch? Is he uh, yeah. is he honestly doing the bait? <laughs> I'm doing the bait and switch. I'm, I I knew Rahef was picking up on it, but I was looking at Omar and I was like, wait a minute, he he might be buying this. I, I didn't know. No, this is the year the Florida Panthers. Uh, they win a playoff series. We're talking, we make such a big deal about how the Toronto Maple Leafs haven't gotten past the first round. And that's a very big deal. We're talking about 17 years. Can you guess the last time the Florida Panthers got past the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs? 96. 1996. And that's the only year in their history where they won one more than one round. They went all the way to the Stanley Cup final. Look at their playoff history. Every other year they've been to the Stanley Cup finals, they lose in the first round. And if you look through their history, they're like, like their first two years of the history, they miss the playoffs. Their third year, they go to the Stanley Cup final. Then it's just dry as desert, no postseason. Then they make it losing the first round. Then they make it losing the first round. There's that one year where the New York Islanders beat them with John Tavares, and they got past the first round for quite some time. But the Florida Panthers, just for whatever reason, they cannot get over that hump. But this is the year that they might be able to do it. Uh, I, I, I really, this is the hill I will die on. The Florida Panthers will win the Atlantic division. They have a great coach in Joel Quenville. They were able to make some decent acquisitions in the off season, getting guys like Sam Reinhardt, Reinhardt in the fold. They got Sam Bennett during the, during, uh, during last season. And he's fit pretty well with what they've got going on. Uh, their goaltending situation, even if Sergei Bobrovsky isn't able to do the job, there's reason to believe Spencer Knight might be able to do it. And a lot of people are getting behind him too. And I think they're going to be able to win a round this year. They could go on a run. I, I, this is the hill I will die on. The Florida Panthers will win the Atlantic division and they will win a playoff round. So, so Julian, I, I just want to, I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. So you yeah. say, I need to move in for this one, that the Florida Panthers are going to win the Atlantic division. Number one. Yes. The Florida Panthers are winning the Atlantic division. So ahead of Tampa, ahead of Toronto, ahead of Boston. So that's my next question. So if yes. Florida is one, who's two and three? Okay, so two and three. So it, it, it's your lucky day, Omar, because I did this mini exercise for myself where not only did I go through every division, no, sorry, not did I go through the Atlantic division, I went through every division and I did like one through eight essentially or mm-hmm. whatever, yeah, one through eight because we have 32 teams. Right. Off the top of my head, because I'm not able to retrieve the list so quickly, Florida is one, I have Toronto two, Okay. okay. I, I, I'll say this about Toronto, though. Like, Toronto could finish, too, but I still have a very weird feeling about that franchise, and I still think, and maybe I'm hedging my bets by saying they're going to be two while also saying this, I have a weird feeling about this team this year, and I still think they're one bad losing streak from everything going off the rails, but if it doesn't happen, they're going to finish second. Boston third? No, Boston... Yeah, okay, Tampa third and then Boston fourth. Oh, okay. I have Montreal... Here's the thing. The Canadians, I did say on the last episode... 
I see them in a fight for a wild card spot. I could still see them there, but definitely the Carey Price news of the last week where he's now been admitted to the NHLPA player assistance program. And I know some people are, are looking at it and be like, oh, he could be gone for a month. You can't put a timetable on how long you're in those programs. It really throws a lot of stuff out of whack. So I have Florida, I have Toronto, then I have Tampa, and then I have Boston as the top four teams in the Atlantic division. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I All have a very right. similar list, but I also, one of my takes was that I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins just didn't make the playoffs. Mm. at all this year wow that's a bold take it is bold it's also wishful thinking but (laughs) i I don't know if it's that bold personally i i don't necessarily see that has not looked good you have to rely on him and jeremy swayman and net yeah here's the thing i think it's really big that they don't have super rask anymore i think that's a huge a huge factor for them so I wouldn't be surprised if they lose that wild card spot to to Montreal. Ooh, okay. So Montreal gets in at the expense of Boston. Okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Avery or Omar, which of you two have hills you want to die on? Ah, I will say that the Seattle Kraken will be a playoff team this year in the Pacific Division. They will okay. finish third in the division this year. Okay. Because okay. I firmly believe that right now that division. It's going to be either one, two, you can, you can put where you want to put them. It'll be Vegas, Edmonton, one, two. You can say Vegas, one, Edmonton, two, Edmonton, one, Vegas, two. Once you get past Edmonton, Vegas, I really feel it's going to be like a, a dogfight between Vancouver, Calgary, and Seattle for that last spot. The California teams, LA, not there yet. Going to be there soon, mm-hmm. not there yet. Anaheim, mm-mm. The Ducks are not anywhere near there. Yeah. Yeah, no. I think I think in that dogfight between those teams of Vancouver, Calgary, and Seattle, the Kraken have a good shot of getting in there. I think the Kraken could be getting in there at, say, 92, 93 points. I do like the goaltender. I do like the goaltending of Chris Drieger and Grubauer. I think that's a good tandem for this team. And, hey, the fact that the expansion teams now are built to compete are way better than some 20 years ago when the Thrashers came in and were a garbage team, then when the Jackets came in and were awful, then when the Sens came in and put up negative five points, like, it's way better to have these teams <laughs> playing well from day one. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I think the big thing, it just comes down to the, the, the division. I remember Sam Sam brought up the point on last episode of just how open the Pacific division is. And, like, you see, look at Vancouver. That has a lot of offense. And Seattle does have a lot of good a lot of good points or good parts to it. I do think goaltending will probably be a big aspect of it. So, yeah, I, I see that. Definitely. Definitely. Okay, For what me, about your hill? Yes. Yes. I made a conscious decision this offseason not to engage in, like, Twitter arguments or, like, dunking on people. However, there's one thing that I can't resist uh, talking about, and this will be my hill. My hill is that Leon Dreisaitl. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll spend more time on McDavid's wing than playing his supposed position at center. Oh, what is this? They can't Leon do that. Dreisaitl. They need two lines to succeed. Leon Dreisaitl will be a winger the majority of the season this year. Even though they hyped up this offseason that they're going to have the one-two, they're, they're going to have a top line of Hyman, McDavid, and Pooley-Arvey. Drysdale is going to play with Nuge and Yamamoto. At the season hasn't even started, and they already switched that up. Drysdale right on, right on the wing, and it makes sense. It makes sense. They're a dynamic duo, right? They they score. They can find each other. Uh, they can both do amazing things. I get it. I understand it. However, let's end the discourse by and stop putting Drysdale in these top fifty center things and all this stuff. He's not a center. Okay, on the Edmonton Oilers, he's not a center. He's McDavid's winger, and that's fine. McDavid, uh, Drysaddle is a great player. I'm not saying anything bad about Drysaddle. Some I, I remember last year, someone said someone brought up how many faceoffs he's taken relative to Matthews. How the heck? Okay, sure, fine, whatever. But <laughs> Drysaddle is not a center, or at least he's not like a, the prototypical center that we think of. And obviously, the Oilers view that they're the, they're at their best when McDavid and Drysaddle are together. Now, does that stand? I think that is going to stand because usually what the Oilers do is that they try to separate them as much as possible, and then they're losing a game, and they say, okay, well, Leon, Connor, off you go. And they do their magic, they score a bunch of goals, and then that's it. Last year, I want to say out of all of Dreisaitl's minutes, he played a third of his minutes on McDavid's wing. I think it's going to be the majority of that this season. That's the Halal uh, die on. Uh, note to editing, uh, just like the last time uh, Omar said something about the Edmonton Oilers fans and the Edmonton Oilers, uh, please make sure we clip that just in case we need to go back to that again. <sighs> I forgot about that. Yeah. I, for- I forgot about that. Um, that was pretty uh, funny. If I, if memory serves, I think everyone who was on that episode where you talked or talked to the Edmonton Oilers is here. I know Rahef was here. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's when I, I looked I looked uh, Oilers fans dead in the eye and said, how does it feel? And then... And then game seven happened. Yeah, I, thank I you. They, I'm still blaming you for it, that one. My, my it's my fault. It's my fault. It's my fault. I predicted it. I knew we could not tempt fate. I knew you, 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 you. you. Oh my god! It's I want you to fault. sit with the blame. Yeah. <laughs> I'm blaming you. I completely, for, I completely forgot that I did that. I completely <laughs> forgot because I, I, I laughed so hard when they got swept. I, I never, I have <laughs> never did. enjoyed, I have never enjoyed such Schadenfreude in my entire life. Yeah, and yeah. then I couldn't do it. I couldn't. It just, I couldn't do it. And then Omar, what... right, right on, right on your head top. The game seven lost to Montreal. 
Sheesh. And it's not even, but, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? You can't talk about the least latest collapse. And yes, I said latest. Uh, you can't talk about the least latest collapse without, you have to start at game five. You have to start there. When they're losing and they come back, and then Alex Galchenyuk, backhand pass to whoever. To I know get the goal. Right. Actually, Alex Galchenyuk's know. best play as a not as a Montreal Canadian, but I think his best play in the Canadian organization, as far as I'm concerned. I think some people would say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, no, it, that's fair. That's fair. fair. That's fair. Very he was dominant fair. on both both ends of the ice. He, he directly he set up two goals, and then that game <laughs> six, same thing. Travis Dermott decides to do a spinorama. That's when everyone's like, oh, Dermott's not, not on the opening lineup. That sucks. No, it doesn't suck. Leo, listen, man. Man, the anger I have towards Dermott after watching that documentary, like, like you watched it. Like, he was in the stands in game five. He watched Galchenyuk do what he did. And then in game six happened, he said, hold my beer. I'm going to do something worse. Spin <laughs> around the backhand. He can shoot. <laughs> Oh. So, Go ahead. The Leafs are the the Leafs are the are the villains of their own story. I don't even remember what any player on Montreal did in that series. I don't remember. I don't remember who was in net for Montreal. I don't. I, nothing's important. Montreal's not important. Nothing they did was important. It, it was all the Leafs. The Leafs are <laughs> their own. They are their own villains. Like. A, th- a thousand true. percent. It's Montreal's true. not important. It could be anybody. Substitute any player on that team, any other team. It does not matter. Montreal is just the latest. Yep. Okay. The one so, thing I remember yeah. is Paul Byron scoring the nastiest goal of his freaking career because, of course, he did. <laughs> like, where did that come from? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Dry Settle's going to spend more time on, the, on, the, on McDavid's wing. That, that's what I'll die on. By the way, if you want to hear uh, Omar suffer more, I implore you to check out in the mentions on the uh, the YouTube page for Yahoo Sports. Rahef, while we have you here, because I know last episode we touched off on uh, the documentary, the All or Nothing documentary for the Leafs. Did you watch it at all? Do you have any thoughts and feelings on that you want to get off your chest? I did not watch it. That was my Good. own personal therapy. Good. Not you're to pure. watch that. You're pure. You're pure. You're pure. You're pure. Your, spirit, your spirit is I in dark. That's fine. That's okay. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I went. I have Amazon Prime. I opened the first episode hearing Will Arnett's voice. And then I said, you know what? Why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> For what purpose? It's a, it's emotional Why? warfare, man. They play the saddest song in the beginning. The be- the first episode, they play arguably one of the saddest sounding songs ever. And it's just like, why am I watching this? And you know, you know what's the mess up thing? And yes. and like people thought I was making this up. I'm being dead serious. After after Sheldon Keith's speech, the now is the time speech. I forgot they lost. I I honestly God forgot they lost. I was so hyped. I was like, yo, this is freaking. This is remember the Titans. Leave no doubt. I was like, yo, they're gonna out. They're gonna win. And then Travis Dermott got the puck, and I was like, oh right, yeah, I forgot. Thirteen two in shots, right in overtime. Julian, man, sorry. Look, I'm not trying to bring this. Look, I realize here that I'm enjoying this right now. I, I, I'm not taking any actual pleasure in this. I, I realize that pretty much since that series, it has just been, Omar, you've gone through a lot of shit, man. Like, like I, I generally feel like you need a hug because you feel this so much. Ref, you deserve a hug too. Be your least fan as well. Uh, Honestly, I feel nothing anymore. I'm like okay. numb. I'm, I'm immune to the pain. I just bounces right off. My, my other hill that I will die on is that okay. the Leafs 
We'll finish first in the division. Austin Matthews will break the the um, goal scoring record set by set wow. by Rick Five. And it won't matter. And it won't matter. Nobody will care. Nobody will care. Oh, oh she's okay. right. She is right no though. She does have a point. True. That is true. She does have a very good point. Yes, that it, it's true. very fair because he Nobody did that. Nobody will care. That, yeah. That's fair. I mean, he he won the Rocket Richard Trophy last year and it was for nothing essentially. So yeah, and, I could totally yeah. understand why people would be apathetic. Yeah, and yeah. I don't even mean just about Matthew's record. I mean like the Leafs finishing first in the division. They could win the President's Trophy. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Nothing yeah, matters. Honestly. The only thing I would care about is Michael Bunting winning the Calder because that's going to happen. I I don't know if Michael Bunting's winning the Calder this thousand year. Percent. I, I, thousand percent. I, I, All right. That's that's Cole a Cole 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 That's Cole another Caulfield is out there. Spencer okay. Knight is out there. Okay. <laughs> I, I I think Mason McTavish is going to get to play in Anaheim great. this year. Okay. That's, that's cool. Trevor Zegers there too. Great like, players, yeah. There's there's some good guys out here who have a good chance at winning that Calder Trophy, and you want Michael Bunting. It's not that I want Michael Bunting. That's just a fact. This is the reality. Avery and, and Rahef, I don't know if you guys watched the latest episode of In the Mentions. Omar has a Michael Bunting jersey. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course no he qualms. does. No qualms. That hat trick after the hat trick in the preseason, purchased immediately. And the thing you is. You bought it after a hat trick 100%. Oh, <laughs> yo, let's, let's, yo. let's bring this up. Let's bring this up. Can we bring this up? So so we're having a Go conversation. Ahead. Go ahead. We're having a conversation oh, no. about whether the preseason matters or not. And Julian does not oh, believe yeah. that, the, that the preseason matters. I mean, it, I mean, like in the grand it's scheme of things, to an extent. no, it's, it's overblown. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You know how many key injuries there were there were in the preseason? You wouldn't know that. Would, you wouldn't know that happened if you didn't watch the preseason game. If and you're on a if you're on a percent, can happen. Yeah. If you're on a preseason, when who was playing on on. <laughs> I think it's maybe two years ago. Who was playing on um, Connor McDavid's wing? Ty Ratty. And they scored like Ty Ratty. You guys tell me the preseason matters, Omar? Yes, 1,000%. 1,000%. The preseason, 1,000%. Yo. 1,000%. The preseason matters. 1,000% the preseason matters. Because the preseason matters. If preseason mattered, yeah. Guillaume Latendresse would be the next Gila Fleur. Don't come at me with preseason the, matters. The preseason matters. Yo. I'm telling Yo, you the preseason this matters. This is Omar. Yo, yes. Omar Omar's Omar. a bunting jersey, bunting yes. shower curtains, yes. bunting bedspread. Yes. Speak. Yes. Yo, my man, okay. my, 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 man has, my man has Michael Bunting boxers, my guy. Yes. I'm sure Everything. he does. Yo, this Michael going Bunting nuts. bookmarks, Michael <laughs> Bunting pencils, Michael Bunting phone case. I love, yo, Michael Bunting. I love Michael Bunting, man. Honestly, and it, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt so much when he's not that good this season. But you yo. know what? No, it's no, fine. no. Do you know what's going to be worse? The Leafs are already like, you know, they're trying to write how they can lose in a more depressing way. So my opinion is that you know, Michael Bunting will win the Calder and it will make the first round loss even worse because, you know, they had Michael Bunting win the Calder and then they still lost in the first round. Like, what more could Michael you Bunting own goal. So the, Leafs, the Leafs will find a way to... <laughs> <laughs> Yo, like Brian McCabe. Yo, I think that would legitimately, like, make me, like, like Thanos. Like, I'd, like, I'd be snapped. I'd just, like, disintegrate. I'd be like, oh, my God, I don't feel too good. I'd be like, Mr. McCabe. <laughs> <laughs> Last point about Michael Bunting before we get to the rapid fire questions. What would hurt more? Uh, actually, not, not even just going to do a side by side here. How long until Michael Bunting? Uh, I don't even know what his contract 
uh, status is, but uh, how long yeah. until he gets? No, is it a two way or one way? I oh no 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 <laughs> no 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 he's no, not man. getting sent down. I'm playing. He's not I'm getting sent. I would laugh so no. hard though if he did. Oh, I'd be man. like, what the what what happened? Everything started so good. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I think it's gonna happen, but. Also, uh, last thing I'll say about preseason, shout out uh, formerly of the Hockey News, Ken Campbell, who said, told me that he has not watched a preseason game, I think, since 2006. Slipping. Uh, hey, look, you do what you want when you pop in, I guess, Mr. Ken Campbell. But yeah, <laughs> that just goes to show there are hockey media members who don't even watch preseason. It can't matter that much. It does. To an extent. I understand. Okay. <laughs> Okay, last segment of uh, this chaotic episode of Zone Time. That's the point. It's supposed to be chaotic. Uh, more just rapid-fire questions, just uh, some stuff just thrown out there. Just give a quick answer, or who cares, because time is finite anyway. Um, first one here, which storyline are you already sick of? Rahef, I'd like to start with you. Anything to do with the word contract and Mitch Marner. You put those two together, I don't want to hear uh, it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I don't want to. I'm tired. I'm tired. Every time a player signs a contract, Mitch Marner is trending on Twitter. Someone explain. Yes, I, don't, I don't, I don't want to see it. It was bad enough during the Mitch Marner contract saga. I don't want to relive it every single time a new player signs a contract. I'm tired of it. That's it. Can we please stop? That's my mini rant about Mitch Marner and contract. Okay. Uh, Avery or Omar, is there a storyline you are already fed up of? Uh, you know what? Even though it's not happening until next year, I'm so sick of the impending talk of the jersey ads. Who cares? It's a patch on a jersey. A little patch. If you're busy watching a jersey patch during the whole game, then talk to somebody. You need to talk to somebody about that because it that distracts grass. you so much. <laughs> What's going on? And also, too, like the NBA, I guarantee you the jersey patches will not be on the fan jerseys. So why does it bother you? If you there's a little patch for a Scotiabank on the Habs jersey. Why does it bother you so much? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe like something different. But I, yeah, <laughs> Scotiabank, I could see it. Yeah. Um, I've never been a fan of, of these conversations. And considering what's going to happen this year, I know it's going to come up. The who should make the Olympic team stuff. I've never been a fan of that just because it's up to the coaching staff. It's not the, oh, like it's always like, obviously the stars are going to go, but as far as who's going to fill out the rest of the roster, that's up to the coaching staff. Like when, when Babcock was coaching Canada, there were some like interesting choices that were being made. It wasn't necessarily the best Canadian players. So like all the discourse is going to come about like, oh, like this player didn't get named to the team or that player didn't get named to the team or whatever. It's already starting with like the team USA, like the initially, um, named Seth Jones to the team, but not Adam Fox. And people were like going off like, oh, but Adam Fox won the Norris. Like, yeah, this is the initial, the initial announcement. So that, that's something I've never really been too, too interested in. I know it's going to happen a lot and I know we're all going to talk about it, but that's just something that's always been a little, a little irksome for me just because it comes down to the coaching staff and who the coaches want on the team, not necessarily, you know, they're going to go through a different, all uh, different website or, or look at Twitter, Twitter mentions and then see like, oh, well, you know, um, Mary Sue one, two, three, nine says that, uh, you know, we should, we should bring Ryan Getzloff back from like the, the past and bring his 2006 self into the Olympic lineup or something. You want the 2006 self? 
I don't know. That's that was very, very detailed. That's very detailed. You know what I'm also, talking about. Also, <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be happy to know, Omar, uh, I think teams have until the end of the week to unveil their 55-man rosters for the Olympics. Jeez. So, when, like it or not, everyone will be talking about the Olympics. Next question for you. Uh, first coach to be fired. Actually, before you guys answer, actually, while you guys think about it, uh, the storyline I'm already sick of, and it's the people who still throw this out there, uh, people who are the three or four or five people who are still mad that the Tampa Bay Lightning put Nikita Kucherov on LTIR and found a way to make it to the Stanley Cup final. It's done. They did it already. They already won the Stanley Cup. Who cares? No one cares. Anyway, uh, who first coach to be fired. Uh, Avery, I'll start with you. The team is going to be very good. So I will say Dallas Akins is getting canned in Anaheim first. That team, even though they have Trevor Zeros and a young team, they're still not going to be very good. They're still going to be behind even San Jose and LA and the rest of the division. It'll be Dallas Aikens getting canned probably by Christmas. Okay. That's, that's pretty interesting. Uh, it's funny, actually. I wonder if people in Montreal, if they see it. As soon as Dallas Aikens gets gone, it not saying he will happen, but if that does happen, there will be people in Montreal being like, oh, Joel Bouchard, their AHL coach, should take over. Why couldn't he coach in Montreal? But anyway, that's a very hyper-local thing. Uh, Omar, do you have a name of the first coach who could be fired? Just as a, you know. Yeah. I remember Alain Vignon was taking a lot of heat last season, um, especially when it comes down to how Carter Hart was playing. So mm-hmm. I wonder if if Philly is still, still like, is like, you know, obviously they have they have some injuries, but they have made some changes over the offseason. I wonder if despite all, the, all those additions that they're still – you know, they're, you know, it's no, it's November, maybe the beginning of December and they're, they're at the depths of the Eastern conference, but there's still hope to kind of make the playoffs. I wonder if he's a, if he's a, uh, um, a coach that gets fired. I don't necessarily know who could replace him, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot, a lot of, um, a lot of, a, a lot of heat and a lot of tension between um, AV and the players and maybe even the front office uh, behind closed doors. So that's actually a team I've been wanting to focus on as far as the coaching staff goes. What about you, Raf? Um, I'm gonna go maybe out on a limb and say Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh. That is really um, interesting. That's a good one. Interesting. Yeah, I think that he's not Ron Hextall or Brian Burke's guy, so that's automatically a strike against. And I think the Penguins are gonna get off to a slow start. And we've already seen this happen with the Penguins on uh, more than one occasion where they get off to a slow start, they're not in the playoffs, they fire their coach and they surge back up to the top. So I wouldn't be surprised if um, they kind of just repeated history there. Okay, uh, I'll say my guy, uh, I'm kind of torn between either Rick Bonus in Dallas or Craig Berube in St. Louis. I think both of those teams need to make the playoffs. I actually have both of them missing in the central division. And I think at least one of those two teams are going to fire their coach at some point in the year in the hopes of trying to get their team back into the playoffs. I'm leaning towards Craig Berube in St. Louis. I know Rick bonus at least is on a year to year deal, but Craig Berube, I don't remember what his contract status is, but I think it might be more likely that he gets camp. Uh, the next one, a uh, team you're not buying. Who's the most overhyped, overrated team heading into this season? Omar. That's a good the, one. Team we're all like thinking about this and we're allowed to think about Ooh. this. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I guess okay, I'm gonna... which team that you're, that you think is going to be good, but isn't. Rahef, were you going to well, say something? Yeah. I was actually going to say maybe not 
the same like team that I think is overhyped, but I think team that's going to take the biggest step back from last season is going to be Carolina. So in terms of the regular season, I think they're going to do a lot worse. And I think losing Hamilton is a big, a big blow. So, and I also think their goaltending is not as good as it was the year before. So I think that they're, I'm not buying the Carolina Hurricanes. What about Tony D'Angelo in Carolina? Is he going to be good? Is he going to be bad? Does it, gonna, it doesn't I'm, really matter. I wrote, I wrote, doesn't I wrote really matter. For, for Tony D'Angelo, I wrote the word you. So <laughs> that's fine. Uh, that's fine. I realized partway um, through me asking that question, like, I don't think it really matters how good or bad he is. Uh, I think I'm going to say the Rangers. The Rangers okay. did something very weird where Tom Wilson single handedly destroyed the franchise. And they just <laughs> said, hey, let's take our skill and get some grit. Let's, tr- let's trade away Pavel, Pavel Belbusnevich and bring in Ryan Reeves. And I think they're, I think the initial focus is going to be to play more physical and tough and, and not necessarily focus on things that are good, like their speed and their skill, which had me last year thinking that they might, they, they might actually make a late season push. So maybe it's the Rangers. That's, that's kind of a team that I might be thinking of who may not be in the sense of they may not be uh, come across as tough or strong as they'd like to be. Um, another team, definitely Vancouver. I think Vancouver wants to make the playoffs and they're going to try to make the playoffs. And I think the, the, the division that they're in is going to make it easy for them, but you know, they are going to have a lot of skill and, but I think we're, they're really going to have to rely on Thatcher Demko to be as in tip top shape the entire season, because, uh, that blue line is uh, not looking good. So Avery, Avery, you got this one next and then we'll have one last one. Yeah, you know, I will copy Omar and see the Rangers as well, too. New York is building a team that would have been good to have 25 years ago. They're building a team that's built, yeah, the heavy hockey, the the grit and jam, building a team that, you know, to try and defend against Tom Wilson. You tr- you give all that money for Barclay Goodrow. I mean, I think it's going to backfire in a massive way for the Rangers. I think Rangers are going to take a step back. And it's too bad because I love Gerard Gallant. I love him as a head coach. So it's too bad he'll be coaching a team that will take a step back in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, and uh, they their first opponent of the year, by the way, the Washington Capitals later this week. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh wait, but isn't Ryan Reeves injured? He is, yes, he yes. is injured. Yes, oh, he is injured. Yeah, sucks. the guy they would have wanted for Tom Wilson isn't oh, even going to be there anyway. It looks that's like. hilarious. Last rapid fire question for a segment, which I have to admit I have not made it as rapid fire as I can be, but that's okay. We're figuring things out. It's only episode two. Celebrity play-by-play guest that we'll see this year. We know Snoop Dogg has been in the broadcast booth. Uh, there's been a whole host of other guys. Who do you think uh, will just randomly come across on Twitter one night and be like, oh, this guy is on this broadcast crew for, for this game? Who's it going to be? I don't know if it's possible, man, but Bieber is a pretty big Leafs fan. And 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 you can definitely see that the Leafs have, have kind of had that unity with Bieber kind of get stronger. There's that new Drew collection that no one can afford. Uh <laughs> <laughs> expensive stuff, man. Like I was going through, it and I was like, "Oh man, three hundred and twenty dollars for a sweater." Okay, how much are the socks? Wow, twenty dollars for a sock. Okay. Um. But anyway, yeah. You don't I, want socks, but you could afford a Michael Bunting jersey. <laughs> Yo, so that's not even in the same category. How dare you? Let me you see your budget, Omar. Let me see your finances. Open up your wallet. I wouldn't be surprised if I don't know. Maybe not for like a full game, but maybe maybe as as some intermission. We do know that Beaver does go to yeah. a lot of games. Oh um, man, he if if he's been very vocal as as to as far as being a Leafs fan, especially on social media. So 
that maybe Bieber, if not Bieber, then maybe Harry Styles. You know, he's a big Carolina guy now. He's gonna say Harry Styles. <laughs> I think he's gonna come out of nowhere and just continue confounding every single person on Twitter by just randomly showing up with in the broadcast booth. So I'm gonna go with Harry Styles, and I really hope so. Honestly, I hope it's him. <laughs> okay, what about you, Avery? I'm gonna say I want to see a little John in the booth for Vegas Golden Knights game. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Get little John in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he shoots, he scores. Yay. Oh, my okay. God. That would be hilarious. Oh, that would my be God. really funny. Uh, my pick is going to be, and I guess it might be for one of the LA ones, uh, and they have to finish filming at this point. We're going to get Ted Lasso in the game. I'm not saying oh, Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. I mean, Ted Lasso in studio for like an LA Kings game as his character, just like putting out like quips about being a goldfish and whatever. That's the <laughs> one guy who I think is going to do it. Ted Lasso is going to do it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I hope that happens. Uh, season two was pretty good. Not as good as season one, but uh, this is not the Ted Lasso podcast. It's the Zone Time podcast, which uh, we've reached our end for episode two. Uh, very chaotic. You can see we've uh, all gotten accustomed to the fact that uh, we are no longer chained by having eight to 10 minutes to make our points. A lot of superstars emerging and a lot of slander towards uh, one Michael Bunting and uh, the wardrobe of one Omar White. For no reason. Watch Michael Bunting is going to score the first goal. And Listen, man. I, I it might have to be him to score that goal considering what, what yep. the health of Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. What? Wait, 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 wait. They're fine. They're okay. Let's not put that negative energy into the universe, okay? Negative energy? Like, but he took that hit, like, earlier in practice on Tuesday. He's fine. He's fine. He's fine. He's okay. okay. He's good. That's very fair. He said uh, yeah. optimistically. I, I, I hope so. And and, and look, dude, I, I can't wait until the Leafs go on a run and, and we see Omar, like, you know, feeling like Thanos with all the uh, the stones and just wanting to just shit talk everything. Like, I, I, I want those episodes. I want you <laughs> to gloat back at me because I feel like I've gotten enough shots at you, man. Like, don't worry about it. And of course, we got to see Avery do his thing as well. I guarantee uh, over under the amount of times uh, we see Avery Hatless this year, I'll put it at two. I think we're going to see it at least once this year. And we're half. I mean, you, you can't. That's Atlas. a hard under. Hard under. <laughs> hard under. Hard. It's a long no season. It's a long season. It's a long season. It's not like last year. And Rahef just killing it as per usual. You shown like an all star today. And I can't wait for more fiery takes from you on future episodes. Uh, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Zone Time. Subscribe. Uh, on YouTube to the uh, Yahoo Sports NHL page and subscribe wherever you get podcasts because this is a audio form show as well. So you can get on Spotify, Apple, and wherever else you can get podcasts, the Yahoo Sports NHL podcast feed. Uh, please subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, for Omar, Rahef, and Avram Julian saying so long, and uh, we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. <laughs>
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.